welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and this month we have been discussing connecting in the disconnected world around us, and today I have my friend Amberly Neese back with us. Amberly is a speaker and comedian for two popular national tours, Aspire Women's Events and Marriage Date Night. In addition, she is an author for Abington Press. Her latest Bible study, The Belonging Project, releases in May 2020. With a master's degree from Biola University, she serves as an adjunct professor at Grand Canyon University and as the director of development at UCYC, United Christian Youth Camp. Amberly and her husband, Scott, have two teenagers and live in Prescott, Arizona, where they enjoy the great outdoors, the Food Network, and all things Star Wars. Welcome back to the show, Amberly. Oh, are you kidding? This is so fun. I... I have to say, I'm sad that it took a podcast for us to um, spend some time together, Denise, but you're such a blessing, uh, whatever it takes. Oh, <laughs> me too. You know, I, I have thought many times, man, I need to get back to that awesome camp you guys have there. And I'm praying that this whole thing will be over soon so you guys can open your doors again because your camp is a blessing. Thank you. I think so too. And I am excited uh, to see how God is going to provide. He is Jehovah Jireh and we trust in that. So we shall see, but mostly, you know, we want kids to come here. We want campers to be here. We, um, usually host between, um, 10,000, 11,000 campers each summer. And so we are ready. We are ready for life transformation to happen here once again. So thanks for those prayers. And we will pray with you on that. Well, the scripture for this episode is taken from Colossians 3, 13, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We could spend the whole episode on forgiveness, Amberly. Forgiveness mm, is so difficult because people can bite the bait of taking on an offense. Why do you think we can hold on to offenses instead of the precious people in our lives? Whew, that's a hard one. And again, um, I don't want to give any like super pat answers because I know forgiveness can be, you took my parking place or you broke my heart or, you know, I mean, right. uh, there's so, the gambit is so huge, but I will, I think for some of us that holding on to that offense can get to a place where it gets comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, there was a show called ER and I'm not saying it had Bible studies in it. I'm not uh, anything like that, but <laughs> I loved it. We, we used to go to choir rehearsal. My husband was the worship pastor. We would go to choir rehearsal and there were four, um, there were four couples and we all watched ER. So we would take turns at whose house we would go and watch ER after choir practice. And, um, there was one show where one of the main characters walked with a cane for like, I can't even remember eight seasons or something like that. Carrie was her name. And they found out that she was going to be able to have a surgery and she wouldn't need her cane anymore. And the night before the surgery, as she's putting her stuff in the locker, one of her friends says, Carrie, that's so, is it weird that this is going to be like the last um, time that you will have to use the cane? And she said, you know, I've, I've had the cane for so long. I actually don't know who I am without it. Wow. And I think, I think some people take on offenses, you know, you, they still are being victimized. They're re-traumatizing themselves, re-victimizing themselves, themselves over things that happened years ago. And, um, they get comfortable with it. I'm not even, you know, in some cases, not even sure they know who they are without it because they've just held onto it for so long. But, um, you know, God calls us to be free 
you know, Jesus Mm. says, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And I'm not sure that we can live a fully abundant life and hold on to the garbage from the past. And again, I'm not minimizing anybody's pain, but I'm not sure we can, we can concurrently live abundantly and freely and still hold on to that stuff. So, Mm. um, uh, one of the stories that I tell in my study is that uh, we took to get the kids to the zoo and they talked about, we were going by the hippos, which I didn't realize were so incredibly dangerous. I was like, Oh, hippos are adorable. And I had the little game at hungry, hungry hippo as a kid. Like, I think they're just <laughs> as cute as they can be. And they talked about the wallows that they sit in. And I was like, well, I mean, it's Arizona. We live in Arizona. And I was saying there it's full of water. Like where, what is that? And they said, this is so gross. I'm so sorry, Denise. I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> they said, wallows are all, usually, you know, it will trap rain. So it can be, it can be water from the sky. Um, it, it, you know, it's mud that is made with that water. But oftentimes a wallow is the waste of the hippo. Mm. And I'm like, are you kidding? And they're like, yeah, but it's really comfortable for them. They, it, it's like their natural sunblock, but they get to a place that's warm and it's comfortable and that's where they sit. And I just thought, oh my gosh, it's disgusting. And yet sometimes if we holding on to unforgiveness, it becomes more like a wallow when we should be marinating in God's word, which is the same. It looks the same, right? We're marinating, but a wallow is that self-pity that, that, unforgiveness that all those the junk that God does not has not designed us to to sit in um that sometimes we can do it so I know Mm -hmm. I've been guilty of it but I think I think it becomes comfortable which is sad but uh, I think that's true Yes, I think it becomes part of our identity uh, and we don't realize it you know unless we examine ourselves really regularly Mm -hmm. You highlighted forgiveness and reconciliation in your study. Can you share on the difference between those two? Uh, yes. And obviously, depending on who you're talking to, they, they, look, um, they may look different. Um, but for me, I, I love that the word give is in forgiveness. Mm. Because I think when we forgive, um, it is a gift to not only the person we are forgiving, whether or not they ever hear it, but it's also a gift to ourselves. Yes. I think uh, truly, and we are, we are called to forgive one another numerous times. And again, I think that this is why he, he knew in community that we would be broken um, vessels trying to do the best we can, but there, that we would not do it perfectly. And so to forgive really is that gift um, when we say, I, re- I choose no longer to hold on to this, to this issue. I choose to give it to God as a gift and it will be a gift myself. And again, sometimes in forgiveness, I have chosen to forgive people. I've chosen to forgive my boyfriend in high school. um, And I've not had a conversation with him in 40 years. Um, But for me, uh, well, I guess not 40 years. That makes me way older. Uh, 30 years. Anyway, (laughs) I forgive myself for saying that. But anyway, um, but for me, Uh, the gift was just giving it to God and saying, I'm no longer going to be shackled to this thing. Reconcile really means to make right. So um, in reconciliation, that's when you have the opportunity to make it right with somebody. And sometimes forgiveness does not mean you're making recompense, you're, you're doing, but to reconcile to me is like the extra mile to not only connect with that person, but make it right to do whatever it takes to make sure that there's 
that the, the um, relationship is, is restored. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a two part thing. I really do. Yeah. And you know, you can still forgive even if it can't be made right. Uh, That's something I've seen in my life where I can choose to really let go of it and trust Mm -hmm. God with it. But I can at the same time realize it might not be a safe environment, you know? Uh, So we have to trust the Lord in that. Um, Agreed. I think humility is one of the magic bullets, if you will, in relationship. Mm, yeah. Humility puts us in a place right beside the other person at the foot of the cross. We are in need of forgiveness. Mm. And so are they. Yes. You oh, Denise, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agreed. And I, um, I always go back to the story of the, um, of the prodigal son. And in the story of the prodigal son, if you remember... There were two smells that are mentioned in that, um, in that story. And one is the smell of pig slop. Mm-hmm. And the other is the smell of the fatted calf, right? Mm. So um, the truth is, I truly believe in biblical community, it's so important to remember those two smells in our own life, to recognize from where we came. Here's the deal. I am imperfect, right? He pulled me out of the muck of the slimy pit. And he set my foot on the rock, but we need to remember indeed from where we came, but also that we have a father that adores us and loves us. So, and I think when we forget one of those things, then our relationships get out of balance. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when people come to Jesus, they choose to forget everything that they ever did. And so when somebody comes into their life and they're imperfect, they get like a Pharisee. Yeah, And I don't think that's what God's plan is. But if they remember, you know what? But for the grace of God, walk me. You know, if, if, I, if Jesus hadn't come into my life, I, I would be maybe worse off. I mean, I think we need to remember those things. But I also think we need to remember the some complete and total love of God. And when we do that, when we, again, marinate in, in, in knowing that God loves us and saved us from ourselves and our sin, I think... Our, our relationships with people are so much better and really put us in the right frame of mind when it comes to humility. Mm, yes. You know, and it's so needed, you know, to be in a position of remembering what we were before Christ. Uh, in my book, Shame Off You, I, I talk about the fact that we aren't enough. You know, we see a lot of people saying, you're enough, you're enough. I'm like, you're actually not enough. Yes. <laughs> but... Christ is our sufficiency. Agreed. Agreed. That's so funny because I've said that before and people don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, what? Yeah, no. they don't like it. I'm like, there's, no, seriously. Yeah. There's such freedom in that because then I'm bound and willing and want to give grace to others because I know I need it so desperately Agreed. myself. Oh, so, so good. You mentioned uh, harmony and unity in your study too. And I think this can be a challenge in different groups where you have a lot of different beliefs or points of view. How do you recommend navigating that and coming to a place of unity or harmony? So um, I probably, I'm going to ruffle a few feathers because I'm going to say a name that for some people, it's not their favorite, but my son is very politically minded. He loves politics and he loves talking about politics, even with people he does not agree with. But one of his favorite celebrity um, political analysts, I guess for lack of a better term, is a man named Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. And Ben Shapiro does this thing, even if you do not agree with him, he does this thing that I think is masterful. And I think he 
uh, I think it really is something from which I can learn. And he does this. If he's in a debate with somebody and somebody's saying, I, I believe in free choice or I believe in whatever, and it doesn't matter what the, what the thing is. He will always say, what can we agree upon? What mm-hmm. is it that we can, what can we, what, what can we agree? Do we, do, can we agree on, you know, again, if, if the person is saying red and he's saying purple, he's saying, what can we agree on? Well, we can agree on the fact that both of those colors have, uh, you know, hues that are uh, connected and related. And that's what he does. He does the whole conversation like that. And I'll, although again, I don't agree with everything he says. I love that idea that in Jesus name, I, if Denise, if you and I are having an argument, we're having a disagreement that I can say on what can we agree? Yeah. Can we both agree that Jesus died for our sins? Yes. Okay, good. So what else on what else can we agree? So I think it's finding those I think it's finding those connection points instead of focusing on the disconnection points. You know, Amen. sometimes preferences are different or personalities are different or whatever happens to be. But um, I have friends that I so theologically disagree with. I have a friend that we used to be walking buddies before I moved. And she was, um, she was from the LDS church. Mm. And we always knew we had the a lot good theological discussions because we would be out of breath walking because we would say, well, what about this? And we would get to a place that we would just work ourselves up into a froth talking about theological things. But the truth of the matter is she made me better. She mm. got me in the word because I'd be like, I need to, I need to think this through. I need to have a, you know, a, a better, more articulate reason for this hope that I have in grace. And, um, and so it's finding those commonalities that really can um, help with unity for sure. Amen. So we are like twins separated at birth. <laughs> I'm just going to say it because I'm terrible at art. I was reading your Bible study. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm directionally challenged. <laughs> All these different things. And I also love to laugh. Whereas you make people laugh, people laugh at me. So <laughs> Oh, not true. It's true. I I, I do like a lot of like blonde things. And so I, I, this is why I highlight my hair. I used to highlight my hair. I don't know what I'm going to do now that I had this uh, melanoma this year. And I've got, you know, a huge mass bald spot. I I tell my kids it's the monk hairdo. (laughs) 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 But you know what? It's, it's encouraging when we have things in common, Mm. but how do we recommend people, you know, or befriend others who are very different from them? Mm, That's such a great question. I would say, I know, obviously the Sunday school answer is to do unto others. I mean, practice the golden Mm. rule. Um, I think we all know what it feels like to be unincluded and uninvited. And, um, and so I think, um, I think just keeping that in mind, doing unto others, but I also think inviting people into something we enjoy. So maybe it's game night or maybe it's um, how to make homemade pasta night. You know, if if it's something that you do really well, inviting them into that um, where you're not having to have, um, you know, political discourse or theological discussions, but just being in people's space. Because I think it's so much easier um, to love people well when you know them um, and not just their opinions not just their Facebook uh, stuff, but really to, to really get to know them and, um, and to pray for them. I think that that is really underutilized when it comes to uh, befriending others. I think if yeah. we, if we are fully prepared to engage in relationship and again, 
um, I'm not saying everybody's going to be your bestie, you know, your BFF forever, but I, I think praying for people and allowing God to give you a heart for them. I think that is a wonderful, um, invitation for true fellowship. True well, fellowship. So I think that's so good. Uh, I think about, you know, just being real transparent here. Uh, there was a gathering I had hosted and, and someone asked if they could invite other people. I was like, sure. You know, and when I saw who came and I thought, Oh, this is going to be work. That, that went mm. through my head, you know, and I, and I realized, oh God, forgive me. Like, and if, if anyone's in my house, it's an opportunity for me to reach out. It's about serving others. It's not just about, I want to have the fun people over who will make me have a nice time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was a lesson to me. God just kind of brought that to my heart. You know, um, you, you don't want to just be surrounding yourself with people you're like-minded with or who Ooh, are going to build so you good. up. Okay. You want to surround yourself with people that I can have you and send you on mission with. And oh, yes. so that's, that's an area where I was humbled that night, but I was so grateful God showed me. And actually it was such a blessing, you know, um, not looking just to receive, but to give. Yes. So, you know, um, another question for you here, encouragement is such an important part of our belonging and communities and discouragement is a tactic of the enemy and it can cause us to withdraw. Do you have any recommendations of how we can encourage one another? Uh, well, first of all, I will say one thing that I feel like is a really positive thing out of this pandemic is that people have used this time to innovate how to encourage other people. I really, I mean, yes. honking horns and, and I mean, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. One of the practical things that I have to say as far as encouragement, and I do believe that I have the gift of encouragement. I really feel mm -hmm. so those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Um, and, um, so, it, you know, I think being mindful about it, but one of the things that I feel like we could practically do is ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus did it so often instead of answering with an, with, uh, a, a, you know, pat response, he asked probing questions. And for some, you know, things like, do you want to get well? And I'm sure the person's like, are you kidding me? Yes. I'm, I, I'm crippled. Yes. Of course I want to get well, but Jesus asked questions because it got to the heart of people. And, um, I think mm. that encouraging other people. So one of my favorite things that I love to do when I meet somebody new and you're welcome to steal this in Jesus name, it's great. <laughs> but I say, I say, okay, Denise, so tell me, what do I need to know about you? And people say, well, what, you know, oftentimes they get, well, what, what do you mean by that? I'm like, well, just tell, you know, we don't know each other. So what do I need to know about you? And you know what? It tells me so, it gives me such great insight on that person. Mm -hmm. um, and then instead of feeling like we have to give the, oh, well, you know, like I'll always give the, um, the perfect retort, maybe the, maybe we should follow up with questions. So if they're hurting, you know, maybe instead of just um, giving, you know, patting them on the head, maybe saying, how can I help? How can I serve you in this time? Mm -hmm. what, do, what is it that you need? Ask some of those questions. And I think, yes, encouraging words are great and encouraging actions are great. But I think really allowing people to um, be encouraged by the Holy Spirit um, as they journey, I think is so important. I think not enough people do it. To encourage means to give heart. So how do we do that? 
Mm, love that. And questions are such a good way of opening up the conversation instead of having mm-hmm. those, like you said, pat answers, you know, um, sometimes when we don't know what to say too, we can just pray and maybe not say anything, you know, just Agreed. be here. So Amberly, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Well, first of all, thank you so much for this. This was so fantastic. Um, something that we did talk about on the other show, which I'm um, excited to say is that Abingdon, which is the Abingdon Press, which is the company that um, has uh, done my Bible study, um, has uh, produced it and published it. Um, they are offering a uh, an opportunity for people to get the video component of my Bible study. The uh, It's called The Belonging Project, Finding Your Tribe and Learning to Thrive. They're going to offer the video component for free. So what's nice about that is you can grab some friends, not grab them because we're <laughs> still practicing social distancing, but in uh, to send them a Zoom um invite or email them and say, Hey, let's buy the study on Amazon, which comes out May 5th, but then let's watch the videos together. That, uh, that would be an awesome way to build community, even in a time where we can't, um, hug one another at this point. And as an Italian to not be able to hug people, it has been painful for me. Um, so, uh, I get extra hugs from my family when I get home, but, um, <laughs> but that is one of the things that I, I'd love for people to know that that is a free resource. Even if you don't do the study, um, hopefully the videos are really encouraging and and get you in the word. So love for love for your listeners to know about that. Amen. Well, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. <laughs> Y'all can leave a comment to be entered to receive a copy of Amberly's study, and you can find her at www.amberlynice.com. The raw truth is that we belong whether or not we feel we do. The radical graces, when we encourage one another, we grow in the grace of God. And the real hope is forgiveness sets us free so we can set others free too. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. 